Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now, today's biggest stories from the BMW of Des Moines Sports Desk. This is an X's and O's update on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And I'm Trent Condon. The eight-seeded Iowa Hawkeyes upset number one seed Indiana yesterday in the Big Ten Tournament with a 4-2 victory. Hoosiers have a chance. First pitch swinging. Bradley sends it to center field. Jenkins has room, makes the catch, and the Hawks shock the regular season champs. The call from BTN. The eight-seeded Hawkeyes take on Nebraska tonight, 9 o'clock with the first pitch. The Iowa Cubs swept their doubleheader with the Omaha Storm Chasers yesterday in Omaha. A big night at the plate for Ian Happ as he had a two-run home run, finished 4-for-4 four four at the plate. To MLB, the Cardinals yesterday dropped Game 1 of their doubleheader against the Royals 8-2, but come back in a big way, Game 2. Ozuna to deep right in the corner. Gone! Three-run homer, Marcelo Ozuna. The call from Fox Sports Midwest as the Cardinals win it 10-3. At Wrigley last night, Elmora stays hot for the Cubs. In the air, center field, wins going to grab it. The call from NBC Sports Chicago as the Cubs win it 8-4. The White Sox with the road win last night in Houston 9-4. Eloy Jimenez brought the lumber. 2-2. Two two. In the air, deep left center field. Jimenez gives it a ride. Marisnik at the warning track and the wall and Marisnik cannot bring it up and in. It's a home run for Eloy Jimenez. Two homers for Jimenez. The White Sox turn a triple play in the 9-4 victory. The call from Jason Benetti. Tonight on 1460 KXNO, it's Barnstormers Weekly live from Mac Shack in West Des Moines. Joe Stacy and Dixie Wooten talk the latest in Barnstormer football. Live from the Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson Studios, you'd rather be here. This is 1460 KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Glad you're with us. Hope you can stay with us. We've got a couple hours ahead of us. If there's any portion of the program you'd like to re-listen to or you missed it, uh, it goes for all of the programs here at KXNO. You can go to the podcast page, and there they will be. Coming up on the program today, plenty of warning for you non-hockey fans out there, and for you hockey fans, you'll like this. Uh, at 1025, Eddie Garcia, who you hear overnights here on 1460, part of the Fox Sports Radio Overnight crew. Uh, he is a huge hockey fan, does a puck podcast, very popular, one of the first podcasts out in the market. It's been out there for a while, Trent, and uh, he's got a lot of subscribers to that podcast. He knows the game, and we'll pick his brain 
uh, pursuant to the cup final, which will begin on uh, Monday night, the Blues and the Bruins. So Eddie Garcia at 10.25. Come on back if you don't like hockey by 10.45, especially if you're a Hawkeye fan, because Mark Morehouse is going to join the program before he heads on vacation. Heading to Wisconsin, I believe. For Mr. Morehouse. Imagine that, huh? Do a little fishing up there. He loves the Badger State. He really does. You know, and I'm going to ask him about this. There was a tweet last night, five favorite beers. Ooh. Not like beers. I like Stella. I like, you know, whatever. Uh-huh. Confluence. You pick your pick your beer. Five favorite, like a shower beer. Ah, uh, yes. First yeah. beer of the day. I saw our buddy Adam Kramer. He was uh, talking about that. He had his set of rankings. Did he? I wonder if he started. I don't know where it started, but Mark's favorite beer, and it's mine too, and it, it jogged a fond, fond memory for me, uh, hockey locker room beer. Oh. Post game. Yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, those those were by far. Those were That, that wasn't the only thing that was going on in the locker room after the, <laughs> after the game as well. But anyway, save that for another day. But Mark Morehouse at 1045. Bill Bender from the Sporting News. More college football conversation at 1115. He's got his bowl destinations out. Cyclone fans, I hope you remember where you stayed in San Antonio. Maybe you can rebook that same place because that's where Bill has your right back to the Alamo Bowl. Look, they'd love to have him. Oh, absolutely. They would love to have him, Trent. They just showed up. and Could they sign for it right now? They would. I th- they absolutely would. Um, yeah, can we commit for a couple more years after right. that? Because they spent money, uh, Cyclone fans. And I'm sure Washington State fan did their part, but not as big a part, clearly, right. as Cyclone fans did. Conversely, if you're a Hawkeye fan, you're going to be spending... At least a portion of your uh, winter, your uh, Christmas vacation, Christmas break in SoCal. So you're telling me we don't even have to play the season? No, nope. you're, you're headed to San Diego. Good place to be. I'll say. It's a beautiful city. Speaking, beautiful city. Speaking of that, I saw Bryce Miller, San Diego. A San Diego win right now. He's in town. Oh, is he? I didn't yes. realize that. Yeah, He wrote a really good piece. Uh, he was covered, the owners of the Derby horse that got disqualified, mm-hmm. uh, Gary West and again, I don't, can't think of his name, Mrs. West, uh, are San Diego, what are San Diego Inns? San Diego Whites. San Diego Whites? San Diego Inns. Well, he was, he was in Louisville and, and chronicled that from their perspective. Nice job out of Bryce Miller doing that. It was a really good read. I enjoyed that. So, uh, yeah, Bryce Miller is uh, with the uh, Union Tribune. Yes, and we can all crash on his couch, right? Well, come one, come all. Absolutely. Save some money. And then Alex Halstead's going to join us. He'll be here at about, oh, 10, 11, rather, 11.35. By the way, speaking of the Cyclone, Scott Dockerman wrote a really good piece. I know this upsets. Hawkeye fans, because they, you want to claim him as your own at the Athletic, and right. you know, truth be told, he writes more on Hawks than he does on Iowa State. As Iowa State, to this point, does not get does not have an assigned writer. Scott kind of covers the state for wears both hats. Wrote a great piece on the uh, tailgate tour uh, that came through Cedar Rapids yesterday. It's a brilliant piece of marketing, Trent. It really and truly is um, the way that you know they bring the fan base out, they bring the student athletes with them. You know, it's an opportunity to have a picture, let Matt Campbell hold your baby and have your picture taken there. It's brilliant marketing, and it all goes back to when Pollard first got here 14 years ago when he put up the uh, uh, the road signs. Um, you know what? Got people talking, and they're still talking. Did. They're still talking this many years later. He's, he's, he's been great for that institution there's you, look at you can criticize him all you want and and a lot of it's fair but you cannot criticize him for how he's brought that fan base together and has really made cyclone fans come out of the woodwork make him let him know that hey, it's okay you can wear your cardinal gold any 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 corner of this state you don't have to be names wear it proudly wear it anywhere 
And they have. And good for Pollard for kind of being the, not kind of, being the ringleader when it comes to that. You've been here now 30 years outside of the brief respite in Denver for a few years. And Vegas for one. But yeah, Vegas, you, Denver for four. Three you've and a half. seen the building of this. You know, I, I've told you where I was from growing up in North Iowa, even though Ames is closer. Right. It was all Hawkeye fans. Yep. I mean, there was a couple of farmers that went to Iowa State. That was about it. I mean, it was ten to, nine, to, nine, nine out of ten people. Yep. Were Hawkeye fans during that era, during the 80s. Mm-hmm. To build that, to build here in central Iowa and what it is, people that have lived here a long time, and you, you'd you be right there saying, in 1989, how many Iowa State flags did you see? Or people walking around with I'm the hoodie with on. I agree. Just wasn't there. Trent, in, in 96 when we went on the air, I mean, we would hear from Hawkeye fan after Hawkeye fan, and you know, I, I tell the story all the time. Tom Cruschel, who was the SID, went out of his way to help us in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I mean, I couldn't get a return phone call from the University of Iowa State, on the other hand. You know, can we, what do you need? We'll give you whoever you want, whenever you want. You need a half hour with Coach? You got yeah, it. Absolutely. Well, he's a little busy. He's, he's got a big game tomorrow, but yeah, well, I'm sure he'll find a few minutes for you. And that's the way it was. Now, Tim Floyd may be a little bit different. Oh, that was another story. We can save that for another <laughs> day. But honestly, that put us on the map. Yeah. It, it did. People, uh, it, it did. They found us uh, after that in 19, uh, whatever it was, the whole Kenny Pratt thing. Well, it was a remarkable, remarkable uh, morning of radio. Anyways, uh, we've got a uh, game five tonight in the NBA. We had a terrific Cubs game last night. The Phillies got out to a three nothing lead. Cole, I know you were doing high school baseball, so probably mm-hmm. didn't get to see a lot of it until later. Cole Hamels was not good last night. He mean he gutted it out through ninety something pitches. Uh, the Phillies left a lot of runners on. I think they stranded 12 overall, and they they had an opportunity to get the the Cubs lefty early, but uh, for he just he was able to you know gut it out. You know who I like, Trent? This this kid. If you're a fantasy baseball player and you're looking, you need to pick up a pitcher. This uh, Phillies rookie Cole Irvin is his name. He got his first start when the Phillies were in Kansas City not too many weeks ago, and he got his first win there. He's a lefty now. He gave up a couple of bombs. I mean, the bomb Rizzo hit last night. It, oh, I saw that one. It hit the D in the Budweiser sign and knocked out a couple of the uh, the lights. Um, fluorescent, I don't know what the hell they are, but whatever. Um, he just crushed, and now Mora hits a grand slam off him. So if you're looking at the box score and you think, well, there's some good advice, fool. <laughs> you know, this guy just gave up a couple of huge, huge shots, and you want me to pick him up? He's going to be a good player, Trent. I like this kid. Okay. I, you can see the future in, in Cole Irvin. Going to watch him close. But the Cubbies came back, and uh, my guy, and he is my guy. He's my guy. Damn it. Tyler Chatwood. Oh, Tyler Chatwood with the win. He was great, Trent. He, You can't start him. You cannot start him in a game. But when you need him to pick up a starter and, and go deep and eat some innings, that's when he's at his best. You know, no, normally we're seeing this when the game goes extras and they're down to, you know, precious few pitchers mm-hmm. and you need him to, you know, go out there and finish the game. Whether that's one inning, whether that's four or five innings. Chatwood has, has answered that, that bell. Yesterday he was terrific. Got called, the, gave up a hit to lead off the ninth. Uh, McCutcheon, who just kills the Cubbies seemingly. <laughs> um, and the, and, and Joe Madden came out and got Tyler Chatwood and the building went crazy. In appreciation of what Tyler Chatwood, if I'd have told you that Wrigley Field mm-hmm. would have come to their feet for Tyler Chatwood back in March, you said it was crazy. It's never going to happen. In fact, he's not even going to see the field this year. So is this, you mentioned you can't turn him into, you can't get him back in that starting role. He just, he's, no, he's been a disaster. Right. Can he turn into an eighth inning guy, a seventh inning guy, maybe? Yeah, maybe. Maybe I mean, the, mm-hmm. the third best guy that you're looking at in that bullpen. 
the, the questions remain about Kimbrell, and is that yeah. a possibility? Right. And it's funny, a lot of teams here locally have been talked about. The Twins, see a lot about mm-hmm. them. The Brewers has been a little bit mm-hmm. with all the injuries they've had in their bullpen. Of course, the Cubs. So some of the teams vying for his services once we get past the draft, and they don't have to give up the supplemental right. pick to sign right. him. But That's going to be the magic day. You're right. And if, we're going to see a lot of movement after that. Just, yes. That's a good point. Yes. Uh, him, Keichel maybe. Mm-hmm. Keichel says he's going to wait for a fair market offer. But, yeah, if Chatwood could become that guy, he's got the live arm. I mean, he's, yes, he certainly he has the stuff. And, and, you know, these kind of roles, he's still out there, and a lot of times knowing that he's going to have to go two, three, four innings, or maybe longer if it is an extra innings, where you say, one inning, that's what we need. Gear it up. He throws 96, and now throw 98, 99. You don't have to rely nearly as much on your secondary stuff. Mm-hmm. You don't want to pay $13 million for him, and that's what they're paying him right. in the second of a three-year deal for 39 but... But it doesn't look like a waste of money, and a lot of people yes. after last year thought that they're just going to have to eat this contract. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had this conversation with Cappy all spring long. Right. Cap couldn't find a place on this roster. Now yesterday, and this kind of maybe got by us a little bit when he was talking, he thinks Carl Edwards needs a, a fresh start. Yeah. Did you hear when he said that? I was kind of surprised. Here's perked up on that yeah. one, and... You have to feel Cappy with his connections there. Maybe that's something internally mm. that they are talking about. Now, what are you going to get in return? Probably nothing. I mean, yeah. it's it's a bag of balls. It's a throw-in. It's something like that. It's I don't think anything you're going to get to help your major league team, I wouldn't think at this point. Yeah, but everybody, you know how about the precious commodity relief pitching is? Good relief pitching, though. Yeah, but he's not, not awful. <laughs> he's not awful. <laughs> You're going to go out and make a move, though. You're not looking for somebody that's not awful. Yeah. You're looking for somebody good. (laughs) Well, we got this guy here. Well, we can tell him. Well, he's not awful. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. (laughs) You got me. You got me on that one. That'll be interesting. I I wouldn't be surprised, though, if somebody takes a flyer on him and sees. Mm -hmm. Because the live arm is still there. As we talk about with Chatwood, it's a guy that can pump it up there, and he has been good. Where's down, though? That That's the big that's thing. That's the key. I mean, with with that frame, mm-hmm. we see it year after year. Bad start this year. But since he's come back, he's been all right. Yeah. He's been okay. Mm-hmm. Last couple, he's you know he's been, you know, he's given up a couple of uh, untimely hits, if you will. But you're right. He's but been you're okay. A team like the White Sox, something like that. Yeah, that makes sense. Take a shot. Maybe he's can... a throw-in guy. Right. Maybe for a bigger a deal. Yeah. Yeah. Looking for a little bit more on the other side, mm-hmm. and there it is. There's a guy that maybe can help out your bullpen. Maybe not. He's okay. Yeah, or maybe maybe he maybe he makes it. Who knows? But uh, nice win for the Cubs last night. This isn't a bad Phillies team. Phillies are going to contend yeah. in the National League East. Uh, John Lester on the hill today. It's an afternoon game, one twenty first pitch. So I believe it's uh, uh, NBC Sports Chicago has that one. So your Twins last night. You got to help me out with this one. Okay. I uh, flipped over to six sixty eight. I uh, wanted to you know catch some Twins. Thought we would discuss it today. At least spend some time on it. And right in the top corner, I, I kept. Well, it's been a long commercial break. Yeah. What the hell are they doing? And then I, they finally popped up in the top corner, postponed um, huh. on Fox Sports North. Rain? Rain in Anaheim, Southern California. This it is, never rains in California, Trent. That's a song. Just the third time since 1995 there has been a rainout hmm. of a game in Anaheim. I mean, just unthinkable. 2015 it happened, and you have to go back to 1995. Wow. So something that doesn't happen. Playing but, today? They are. 307, I think, is the first pitch. 3 o'clock first pitch for the game. But I I saw some video. They're out there, and during this rainstorm, I'm going to guess that overall, just because they're not used to it, that field probably isn't set up to drain very well. You know, we we know the drainage systems at places that take on a lot of water and what they have to implement, not the case in Southern California. Well, because of that, there's standing water all over the place. 
seasons mm. just because of the downpour, and especially right behind shortstop there in short left field. And Rocco Bedelli, he was rolling balls and some of the other coaches and players rolling balls past Just killing shortstop. time, you mean? Yeah, well, yeah. just to see the playing conditions okay. and if they could do it. Yeah. And as the ball gets into the outfield, you see the water spraying by it as it's rolling through, and then just stopped. Just stopped dead in its tracks because it hit a really wet spot and sunk into the ground there. So field was unplayable at least yesterday. That's the reason for it. They probably could have got it in, but there's just so much water there that they weren't able to get it done. So both teams were off today. No, yeah, approved no decision reason, to yeah, stay. To go back out to right. L.A. for one game at some point in your off day of the summer. Well, especially if the Twins continue to hold their place yes. in, in the Central Division, right? Does they? What are they up now? Are they up seven? Seven games. Jesus. This is the largest lead that they have ever had in May. No kidding. How's that? That surprises me. When it was six and a half, it was their largest lead ever in May. Hmm. I mean, think of the division titles mm-hmm. that they won under right. Garden Hire. Right. And, and on Tom and on. Kelly? Yes. Going back to now the days that Harvey Killebrew and company were there, it was two divisions. So mm-hmm. that makes a little bit sure. more sense. But here throughout this and some bad American League Who's Central's. skipper then? Mock? Don't know. I think it was. Yeah? I think that, that would be my, I don't know. That would be my guess. But I He must be. not be beloved because I don't know his name. Yeah, I, good I've never point. seen anything. I mean, Tom Kelly, absolutely. Mock Ta- was with the Angels. He was with the, uh, the Expos. Tom Kelly wearing his Zubas with a cigar in his mouth in the Metrodome. You know what I'll never forget about Tom? My favorite picture. It's a great picture. You know what I'll never forget about him in 1987? When the Twins finally broke through and won a World Series? Do you remember? Obviously, the team went crazy, right? Mm -hmm. They ran screaming out of the dugout. Tom Kelly just sat there with his legs crossed, watched his team celebrate on the field. Unbelievable. Tom Kelly, people forget, he was a young guy. He was in his 30s when he got hired Mm -hmm. there. And the front office, they stuck their neck out for him. They, they said, this is the guy we believe that can do it. Going from Ray Miller, guy that people knew. Mm-hmm. We're going to go to Ray this. Ray Miller was, normal, it was more known as a pitching coach. Yeah. We're going to go to this young gun. Who's, I mean, an old soul certainly even back then. I mean, he was grumpy. Even as a 36-year-old, he was a grumpy old man. But uh, to, to make that decision, I'm looking back here. So, Cal Ermer? No, no, no. That uh, Billy Martin was there in 69. Okay. When they won 97 games. Get uh, me into the 70s. Bill Rig- Rigney? No, don't know him. Frank Quilsey? No, don't know him. Gene Mock? There's 76 to 80. All right. Well, got one. I don't know the other guys, Trent. I don't. I've never heard of them. Yeah, you, you mentioned Joe Kuehl. That was well, way back. That was 48 49 mm. for yeah. him. Don't don't remember. But of all, I mean, I've been to Target Field. You've been to Target yeah, Field. Spectacular. The, the trophies and the memorabilia and everything and the statues that are there. For the manager, took him to a couple World Series. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yep, no doubt. All right, uh, coming up, we're going to hear from Eddie Garcia. By the way, Bridget Carlton has made the uh, Connecticut Sun uh, Megan Gustafson wave, which I think surprised a lot of people. Yeah. Maybe it shouldn't. You know, there's twelve people, uh, twelve gals on each roster, and I don't know how many teams there are. Not a lot. No, no, dozen maybe dozen teams there's not a lot of spots and you know the player of the year is um probably year bound i guess mm-hmm. but there was a lot of uh, disappointed hawkeye fans on twitter they look at it and to be fair and i asked them to be fair to themselves had you ever heard of the dallas nba franchise wnba franchise the stars no it's not the stars that's oh. the hockey team <laughs> i mean i don't think it's the, no it's not it's just the wings it isn't it the wings i think Look at us well, flaunting our WNBA well, look at I, Yeah, but um, 
I think it's the Wings. Anyway. Okay, I'll but, take your word for it. But Bridget Carlton has uh, has made Connecticut, so uh, good for her. She had a hell of a career at Iowa State uh, as well. Uh, Eddie Garcia coming up from uh, Fox Sports Overnights, then Mark Morehouse in about 25 minutes. It's time to go for the green. We're only going to do this four more times. Uh, this contest yeah. ends tomorrow, so we'd love to have another $1,000 winner in the building. It's taking place all throughout the building, but let's get another one to KXNO. Uh, time to go for the green with KXNO and EKG Golf. Text the keyword SUPER to 200-200 right now. It's your chance to win $1,000 cash. That's SUPER to 200-200 standard message and data rate supply. Hockey conversation next. But don't go away, Hawkeye fans, because Mark Morehouse is coming up in 25 minutes. Alex Halstead on the Cyclones at 11.35. Bill Bender, uh, college football. By the way, Bill, he made that esteemed list of college football Twitter followers, you know, that uh, oh, yes. Bill Steele is putting out right? and Athlon is putting out now. Yeah. Our guy Bill Bender in the top 100 for that. How At about that? Bill Bender 92. You should follow him also if you're so a college football So what's the 92, team. do you think? Did he, is that his graduation year? I wouldn't no, think. No, he's my age, so that would have been late 90s for him. Yeah. School-wise, 92. He's not oh, big enough oh. to play defensive line. Reggie White. He's a big oh, Packer fan. ding, ding, ding. Ah, you're 100% right. You're, uh, you, you know what? You're 100% right. That's got to be it. He's a Packers fan. We will confirm that at 11.20 today. Yeah. No, you're right. That has to be it. Uh, Eddie Garcia next. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 14th. Stood in the Ad Council. Streaming live from coast to coast on iHeartRadio, this is 1460 KXNO. It's so very good. Hi, welcome back. As promised, going to preview the Stanley Cup playoffs. The finals are upon us. They'll begin Monday night, 7 o'clock, or just after 7 o'clock. They will drop the puck in downtown Boston. Game number one, it's the Blues, it's the Bruins. We saw this matchup in 1970. Of course, they're statues. Um, uh, regarding that game with Bobby Orr flying through the game, flying through the air with the game winner. The Blues made the cup three straight years after they were brought into the league in the first round of expansion and haven't been back since. Eddie Garcia, hear him overnights right here on Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO. And Eddie Garcia, who does the puck podcast, joins us. Eddie Trenton, Ken in Des Moines. Thanks for coming on, Eddie Garcia. How are you? I'm doing great. Always a pleasure to talk to you guys. Yeah, good to talk to you. Did you like this final? I do. Where Where are you on this one? Are the right two teams uh, going to play for the Stanley Cup? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I like this final as well. I think you've got a pretty decent storyline, even for casual sports fans. You've got the underdog in the St. Louis Blues, who at one point this season were in dead last in the NHL, mm-hmm. uh, and then turned it on to have this amazing run. Uh, and never won the Stanley Cup. You know, of, of teams that have never won the Cup, they have the longest drought in the NHL at 52 years. Um, and then you've got the Bruins where, you know, look, they're, they've won plenty of championships, uh, in their past. They do have one recently, but I think sports fans in general and including hockey fans, nobody wants to see Boston win another title. The nope. city of Boston, they've won plenty. They've got 12 since 2001. Uh, I know most of it's in the Patriots and the Red Sox, but again, they, they make for an easy team to root against because of the, the success in the city. And they also have a guy named Brad Marchand, who, while an <laughs> incredibly talented player, is also one of the most hated players in all of the NHL. So I think a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of casual 
sports fans and a lot of casual hockey fans who maybe only will support their team. I think they'll be interested in rooting against the Bruins and rooting for the Blues. Number 63, the little ball of hate, and, and he is unbelievable. I mean, stepping on sticks and breaking sticks. Last year he was licking guys in the face, which clearly crossed the line, and thankfully that uh, we haven't seen those shenanigans. He's one of those guys, Eddie. You'd love him to be on your team. I would. When I watch you know, Team Canada when they get together and he's with Crosby uh, and Patrice Bergeron, that's a hell of a line. The kid's got incredible talent, but yet he, boy, he, he goes right to the edge and a lot of times crosses that edge. He is one of those guys. If you he's not on your team, you love to hate him. Oh, uh, I you know look. I would. Uh, I don't know if this is going to go over well, but I would love to see him get pummeled on the ice by somebody <laughs> one of these days. Yeah, just to see him get his come up, and because he's been such. Uh, you know, I mean, look, he's done a lot of dirty things. And yep. He's very rarely had to pay pay the price for it, and so you know, you you again, he's very talented. He's great. Like you said, the great majority of people would love to have him on their team because he's so good. But he does so many things that infuriate you. And it, it amazes me how many players in the NHL who know what his game is mm-hmm. still fall for it because I guess they're human beings. A guy like Justin Williams, who's been around and seen it all, and you think there's nothing he hasn't seen or has dealt with, he fell for yep. it in the, early in the series. So, it, 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 boy, he, love, you, you root against him, but you also, if you're, if you're fair about it, you recognize how great he is. And, Look, he's a part of one of the NHL's top lines, and and, and uh, with Patrice Bergeron and uh, and and also David Pasternak. So that's they're going to be uh, a handful for St. Louis. You mentioned St. Louis in January; they were the worst team in hockey, and the turnaround. I, I think the easiest place to look is obviously in goal and what Jordan Byington has turned into and how good he has been. But what else about this Blues team? What what led to the turnaround in your mind, Craig Berube? Yeah, they made a coaching change and, and brought in Craig Berube, and, uh, you know, uh, he's changed the attitude. And, uh, you know, guys uh, have bought into it. And we've seen this before uh, in the NHL in recent times. It's why it seems like, you know, the kind of the cliche is that, uh, you know, you'll change more coaches than socks in the NHL. I mean, with my LA Kings, they did the same thing. And I, at the time, I didn't really understand the move, not because of, that a change wasn't necessary, but I thought they brought in the same type of coach, but sometimes it's just a different voice and uh, changing things up and players respond to it. And we've seen it this year with, uh, with the blues with, with Craig Berube. He's uh, he didn't have a wealth of experience and he's never guided a team to the Stanley cup finals before, but he's for whatever reason, his message has, uh, has gotten through to him and look, they, they did have a lot of changes in the off season. So maybe it also took a little bit more time than a lot of people thought for them to kind of, you know, get cohesive together and chemistry and all that kind of stuff. So that probably played a, played a factor into it as well. You remember Baruby's career very well, I'm sure. I mean, this is one of the toughest guys during his era that played. He finished up just under 3,200 minutes in penalties in his career. He had a pile of fights. He's uh, he's one of those guys that uh, in that era, everybody had one. He could play, but he was he would also allow, you know, some of the stars on his team to, to get a good night's sleep the night before they were going to play a team. A real tough physical team because they knew Barubi had their back, and boy, oh boy, he was a tough sob. Yeah, he really was, and um, I, you know, I can't speak to the type of coach he is, but obviously, he's now had to adjust from what he was as a player to the type of players he has to coach. But I think he still has the intensity. He still has that respect where players are going to listen to him, and they knew they know what type of player he was. Uh, and uh, again, he commands uh, the respect of his players. He definitely expects them to play at a certain 
style as far as, you know, the effort level. I mean, all coaches, I guess, you know, expect that. But I, I just think that he's, he's one of those guys who he doesn't have to say it twice to, you to mm. get his message across. Got a selfish, selfish question for you, Eddie, and uh, it's up north. We're the affiliate, the AHL affiliate for the Minnesota Wild. I'm a casual Minnesota Wild fan, but I look at the success. Vegas a season ago, Nashville, and we've seen Tampa. On and on and on, these smaller markets, the support that they have in Minnesota. That building is banged out all the time, yet they haven't been able to break through. In fact, I think only one playoff series win since they became in as an expansion team. What's it going to take? What could it take? for Minnesota to take that next step and become a contender on a yearly basis? Well, I hate to say it because I like him as a person, but I just, you know, Bruce Boudreaux is one of those guys who, for whatever reason, it just doesn't happen for him in the playoffs. And he's been as successful a regular season coach as there's been in the NHL in any recent time. But, mm-hmm. you know, he's like the Marty, he's the Marty Schottenheimer of the NHL. Mm-hmm. He, he, he'll, he'll win for you for the most part in the regular season, but once they get in the playoffs, it just doesn't happen. So, um, you know, look, they, they signed a couple of guys to huge contracts that at the time you thought, you know, maybe this is what they had to do to get some, some decent, you know, pre agents to come. But Zach Parisi and, and, um, Ryan Suter now are uh, declining. Mm-hmm. Um, they did both have decent years this year, which was good, but they still got many, many years left on their contracts. And that's going to be tough to have to swallow in the, in the, the back ends of those contracts. Uh, you know, David Dubnik has been a, a, a pretty good find for them, but uh, he's getting older as well. They're going to have to look for a new goaltender. And so, you know, look, it's, I think it's going to start with a coaching change, but uh, they're still, we think they're a few years away. But then again, if you look at the NHL this year, uh, you know, so many teams in the NHL we've seen, and I think it's great for the sport that it's not impossible for you to turn it around in, in a fairly quick amount of time. I mean, Dallas is kind of a team this year that, um, you know, made a couple of changes and did some things and did bring in Ben Bishop, a guy who, you know, was a good goaltender, but now he had a great year. And sometimes it takes just a couple of guys having a great year for you to get right back in the playoffs. Uh, Eddie Garcia, Fox Sports Overnight. You hear him here again on 1460 KXNO. Well, I've got to ask you this before we get to your pick. Um, you know, this this Blues team, uh, yeah, Tarasenko is a superstar. And O'Reilly's a nice player. And Petrangelo, uh, and, and of course, uh, oh, the big kid, uh, 55, uh, Perenko, ter- two terrific players. Bennington, who Trent mentioned earlier, is having a terrific playoff. But this isn't a team that I don't think will wow you with star power, yet here they are. Um, is this... Does does this maybe change some opinions inside some uh, some uh, front offices around the NHL? Because honestly, I'm surprised that they're here, Eddie. Yet here they are. Yeah, I mean, look, they they made some moves in the, the, the last couple of years, some decent, you know, free agent signings, bringing in a guy like Braden Shen, who he's been a little bit quiet in the playoffs, but he he played a really big role in their turnaround during the regular season. Ryan O'Reilly was a guy who came in. This year as well, um, I think they're going to need a little bit more out of him here in the series. Mm-hmm. They're going to win it, but uh, yeah, it's you know draft well. And uh, but look uh, again, Jordan Bennington. Nobody saw this coming. The Blues didn't even see this coming. There was a I don't know if you've heard the story, but uh, he was so little thought of that they didn't even have him on their AHL affiliate. They mm-hmm. had him loaned out to uh, I think it was the Bruins affiliate. Wow! Uh, and so he's actually going to be playing against some guys in this series that he played in the minor leagues with not too long ago. So sometimes you just don't know. Sometimes players take a little bit longer to ripen, but they're obviously thrilled they have him now. Uh, he looks like he's going to be 
a guy who can, you know, be uh, solid in that form for a few years to come. But it's all about, obviously, focusing for the now. But like I said, in the NHL, you know, if you, if you get a couple of key signings, if you get the right coach in there, we've seen that teams can make a run that's at a, a cup uh, appearance, at least, in, in not too uh, long a time. You know, we talked a lot about Bennington. Tuka Rask has been unbelievable as well. That's why I'm picking the Bruins, Eddie Garcia. Time to hold your feet to the fire. You had the Blues getting to the Stanley Cup playoff. Uh, it's a terrific accomplishment out of you. Most people had Tampa in the East um, and, uh, and very quickly learned that uh, that's not going to work out. Who do you, who do you, how do you see this thing, Eddie? Will it go uh, we in for a long series, quick series? Are the duck boats coming out of storage for yet another parade in Boston, or is the parade going to be in St. Louis? Well, I am rooting very hard for the St. Louis Blues, um, but I, I, I just think Boston's a little bit better in just about every area. And you mentioned goaltending. Tukarask is coming in as the leading candidate for the Conn Smythe Trophy as playoff MVP. He's a little bit better, I think, than Jordan Bennington. I think the forward uh, core for Boston is maybe a little bit more than a little bit. It's uh, significantly better, I would say. Then St. Louis defense, I think it's pretty even. Mm-hmm. I give the slight edge to Boston, and the special teams is pretty even. But again, just a little bit more of an edge for the Bruins. So I don't. Th- I would be surprised if it's a quick series. Um, I, I I will pick the Bruins though to win as well. I think the Duck boats are coming out again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say six games for Boston to win it. Eddie Garcia, Eddie, thank you. Appreciate you coming on. Get some rest. We'll listen to you overnight. Uh, well, you'll be on overnight. I'm not sure I'll be up to listen to you. I don't know how you do it, but uh, you guys do a great job. Great for, for what you do for us during the playoffs, Eddie. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Thank you, guys. Good to talk to Eddie Garcia, Fox Sports Overnight. You can hear him here on KXNO. So he's got Boston. He's rooting. His heart says... He wants to root for St. Louis, but he's, uh, I, I'm with him. I, I think Boston's the better team, Trent. I just do. The layoff's going to be something to watch. They've been off a long time. I wouldn't be surprised if St. Louis gets game one just because of the layoff factor. Um, I think the Bruins are a better team. I don't think there's going to be a parade in St. Louis. Ben will never for the hockey team. Mm-hmm. Three appearances. I mean, how great is that, though? 1970, the last time they were there. Yep. One of the six expansion teams during that era yep. had to get there. Yep. They were Yeah, they were the best expansion time. team. You're yeah. right. They were swept every time, though, when they had to play yep. somebody from the original six. But getting there, 1970. I mean, how many people in the building do you think were there for those matchups? Oh, that's a... A dozen? Oh, I don't... Yeah, a fair question. 52 years. Yeah, it's been a long time. Like, I don't have a great deal of sympathy for hockey fans that it's been a long drought. <laughs> I just don't. Yeah, understandable. Right. I mean, when you take you rip a team away from a city, mm-hmm. like the the Blues fans still have the Cardinals, right? Right. <laughs> um, both Cardinals at mm-hmm. the time. Um, and then they got the Rams, obviously, in the Super Bowl. But look, I, I get it. There's a lot. Of, there's some St. Louis love here in Central Iowa, so yeah. I'm sure that that's who Central Iowa was rooting for. Of course, Andy Fails in this building. He's, mm-hmm. a, he's a lifelong Blues fan. I just think he's going to be heartbroken. I, I'm picking the Bruins. Minus 155, the series price mm. for the Bruins. Interesting. Feels like a good one for you? I think so. I think they're going to win it. I really do. Plus 135 for the Blues, not much value. Yeah. What, what's, what's the game breakdown? What's, what's six games? I don't I have, have that to, I have here. to yeah. think six games, they're probably, that would be the lowest price. All right, we got to get a break because we want to get Mark Moros in here. He is next before he goes on vacation. We'll get Mark one last time. You know what this means when these football writers are starting to take their vacay? They've got to get their vacation out of the way because they're about to get a whole lot busier.
Man, you're, you're just uh, taking any angle you can. We're getting closer. Indeed we are. We're under 100 days after all. Next week we'll be here. It'll be June. I remind you, we'll be back. Miller and Condon. Mark Morehouse next. Alex Halstead and Bill Bender in the 11 o'clock hour. It's Miller and Condon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. XNO. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, Bill Bender, Sporting News, Alex Halstead, uh, CycloneAlert.com in the 11 o'clock hour. Let's talk Hawks right now before Mark Morehouse sneaks on out of here for vacation. He joins us. Hello, Mark, Trent, and Ken. How are you? Great. You guys, you guys are at a casino today? No, 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 oh, no. Wish okay. hopefully no, soon. I'm the sponsor of the segment. Okay, yeah, yeah, indeed. Hey, uh, we have something in common. We both have uh, our favorite beer, hockey locker room beer. There's nothing like it, is there? <laughs> you know, uh, every game, and it was always ham. And uh, was it okay? At, at, toward the toward the end of my distinguished rec hockey career, yeah. I was the guy who brought the beer to the locker room because I played on a on a team bunch of newbies who kind of didn't get uh mm. that ritual well I, I like to think that i pass that on to them yeah that that's that's wise there right there where they can look up to that and they'll be grateful forever for you doing that there's nothing <laughs> like you know mark uh, my not to make this about us but what the hell is me um our the last year i played was our home games our home games started at eleven fifty p.m meaning 10 minutes before monday that was that was the you know the, 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 you drew us that night. It was Sunday night at eleven fifty. Get off the ice at one. Sit in the dressing room till probably three a.m. I felt awful for those guys that you know their alarms going off at six because you know you, once you you know you get home it's not like you just instantly fall asleep. Then you're replaying the game, but boy, the hockey locker room beer nothing like it. Uh, so where are you going on vacation, Mark? Well, my mine mine and Trent's guess is Wisconsin. Yeah, uh, northern Wisconsin. That's kind of where uh, my family has gone forever. Time to go fishing, time to uh, clear out the brain. But, you know, you kind of keep college football in my life. But where I'm going, there's no cell phone coverage. Nice. That's that's really the key. Uh, podcast with you and Doc before you can make a run for it? Yeah, today. We're at a next, it's my next line I'm swinging on. So, uh, yeah, um, I'm ready for some summer. I don't know about you guys, but uh, I'm sure for you guys in Des Moines, it's baseball and, and fishing and yada, yada, yada. Let's do it. We're getting there. We're getting there. Vacation time for most everybody here in sports media in Iowa. Uh, this is the time, certainly, for that. Well, uh, vacation for the Iowa football Twitter account over the weekend. I saw that. What is going on here? Apparently, this is something that has happened to other team accounts in the past. What, using copyrighted music? Is that yeah. what it Iowa was? Iowa State at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's that. Um, I don't know for sure. And if I'm Iowa, I don't know why you're not up in front of this telling everybody what's going on but uh yeah uh i don't i think it's probably a pretty important thing in that it's a it's a presence and you know what it's the it's the middle of recruiting season really mm-hmm. and uh recruit that's a huge uh instrument i mean obviously the assistant coaches all have their own twitter feeds and they're communicating with recruits too but uh it's one it's kind of a at least a little piece of the pie as far as your promotional uh uh vehicles and i think iowa it and i don't want to say it hurts them but it's just a little thing that uh uh every every team kind of needs and i by my i'm working on getting that back 
If, if it's the copyright thing, I think that's five. You could get five strikes. Wow. Um, but I, I think I think it's actually five strikes, and then I think uh, beyond that, and, and the only reason I know this is that uh, there was an incredibly weird story at Barstool and their Twitter accounts and some of the rules, and uh, uh, I, I think you get five strikes on the copyright infringement, and then your account gets suspended, but but I'm sure there's some mitigation going on, too. Mm, I think Purdue maybe also, I saw that they, theirs got shut down. Anyways, Mark, we move on. Um, some of the magazines are starting to uh, hit the shelves. Yeah. Uh, the big one, Phil Steele, is still a few weeks away yet. That's always the one that that's my go-to. Not that I won't get the other ones, because we will, because we're uh, just dying for some college football in our lives. Are you surprised that when it comes to the Big Ten West that – you know, magazines are all over the map as to who they think is going to win this thing, where Iowa's going to finish. I mean, I saw one of them, I think it was Street and Smith has them picked six in a seven-team division, for crying out loud. Yeah, I I, uh, I think the magazine portion of it's, it's a nice way to talk college football, I think. It's a nice sort of uh, conversation piece. But most of those things are gibberish, right? Mm. <laughs> I wrote for one for a long, long time. I can tell you, they're sort of gibberish. But uh, I, I, I begged out of it this year just because you know, I didn't want to do it. But um, I, I think they're trying to sell magazines, right? Uh, or, or just get attention. Or you know, if they if they hook up, I, I think one of them picked Nebraska to win the Big Ten West. Mm-hmm. Couple, I think. It, I don't know if that's a, maybe that's. I, I don't know. I don't think that they're quite ready to do that that yet. But. It's a bold prediction that maybe you can argue, and uh, I think that probably, like you said, like you preface this whole conversation, Ken, in May, it's May. Yeah, right. <laughs> so everybody's trying to get attention. Everybody's trying to get, you know, start, you know, some sort of conversation. And, uh, hey, why not make Nebraska number one and Iowa number six? That, that'll probably do it. Well, and I think the argument can be pretty fair because of the crossovers that Iowa has to play this year, the way the road schedule sets up inside the division, having to go to Wisconsin, Nebraska, Northwestern, coupled with the trip to Iowa State this year, you get Michigan, you have Penn State in the crossovers. It's Iowa has an incredibly difficult schedule. Do you know what? If they limp to six and six, that very well might be sixth place in the Big Ten West. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. And uh, in the totally, in the thing about the schedule, uh, I'm kind of writing about that right now, and it looks to me like Iowa doesn't have anybody with a buy. Not not very many teams or or situations where they have a, a team as a buy going into the Hawkeyes, so I think maybe Middle Tennessee State's the only I one. I think Iowa State does, don't out. they? Yes, Iowa State does. I think yeah. Iowa State does. I think too. they do. Yeah, 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 I think they do. I think you're right. Uh, Tricky, I think Kent, or, uh, Trent mentioned um, the, 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 the the big heavyweights in the schedule. I think I think the front part is kind of tricky, too. you got to remember, Iowa's opening the Big Ten schedule. I know it's just Rutgers, and then Rutgers will be out of the Big Ten as soon as the Big Ten can get get them out, I would imagine. But but uh, Iowa plays Rutgers Week 2, and then they go to Iowa State Week 3. I think that's kind of interesting and maybe tricky. And then Iowa schedules uh, Middle Tennessee State, which will be a hard out because they're one of the better teams in the Conference USA, and I know that you know what everybody's rolling their eyes right now. But I don't know why you'd want to play that team. I don't want to play. I would want to play one where there's an easy win. I don't think you get much of a bounce. Uh, selling Middle Tennessee State to your fans. So, uh, yeah, the schedule, Trent, obviously, very. I think the schedule is probably maybe one of the 
huge bigger factors of the se- uh, going into the season right now. Uh, Northwestern so good last year. They were eight and one uh, in Big Ten play last year. You know, you think about this program. What Fitz has been able to the quarterback position. I mean, Trevor Simeon is earning him an NFL check, right, as a backup. Granted, but started a bunch of games for Denver before getting over to Minnesota. Um, Clayton Thorson was a fifth-round pick this year, which tells me he's going to make the Eagles at least for a while as he backs up Carson Wentz there. Now Hunter Johnson, Mark, is where I'm going with you. The transfer from Clemson, Mm -hmm. uh, and this guy was really highly thought of before he got to Clemson and then obviously lost his gig, and Trevor Lawrence might be the best quarterback in the game. Um, And Kelly Bryan was pretty good in his own right, and he decided that Lawrence is so much better that he's going to even leave. So, Hunter Johnson, I'm anxious to see what he brings to the table in the Big Ten West. Northwestern's one of those teams that, you know, year in and year out, nobody thinks they're going to do it, yet there they are. Northwestern plays great defense, and uh, when it can run the ball, it it, it can beat Iowa 14-10, excuse me, and win the Big Ten West, which, which happened last year. Um, I think one of the bigger factors last year uh, uh, in Northwestern, Isaiah Bauer or Bowser. I'm sorry, isn't he good? Uh, he he did all of his damage in the last seven games yep. of the season, mm-hmm. 880 yards, something like that. He's a load uh, too, Mark, as you know. Yeah, it showed me that they have uh, uh, some depth there, yep. and they found that guy and they rode him, and it was enough to win the Big Ten West this year. They have a Hunter Johnson, and and I've done my reading on him. Uh, big arm, fairly athletic. I think where you know the problem might be, or just you know, does, does Northwestern have enough playmakers to feed this mm-hmm. guy? They lost uh, Flynn Nagel last year, their top wide receiver. I think they're kind of scouting for wide receivers, and they have the guy Ben Skronik still. But do they have enough explosion? Do they have enough speed? Um, that's that's one thing about their offense. But Northwestern always played great defense, and I think the West is probably going to be won by defense this year. Speaking of crossovers, have you seen what the Badgers have for their uh, East opponents this year? I I checked it out yesterday, but I don't I don't have a committed memory. What is it? Michigan, Michigan State mm. at Ohio State. Mm. There you go. Have fun with that, Badgers. And <laughs> last year it certainly I, was a step I think back. Iowa has that in twenty twenty trend. I yes, think Iowa has that. Yeah, you're right. You're exactly right. It's a step That's back a, last year for Wisconsin. Now this schedule, are we starting to see the beginning of the end for Wisconsin football as we've known it over the last two decades? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. If you look at uh, Paul Christie's forty-two and twelve, um, I'm going to cut him slack for eight and eight and five last year. Yeah. So first year, first year that they had a kind of a blip, I would call it with uh, with uh, Chris. I, I, but they do have some, some significant questions. I think uh, they Wisconsin lost its two inside linebackers, two guys, uh, Ryan Conley and uh, uh, T.J. Edwards. They played. They were like they're getting two Josie Jewels. They're like, they're Josie mm. Jewels. They're losing those guys this year. Um, I'm wondering about Wisconsin in the middle. I'm wondering about athleticism. It'll be fun to see their true freshman quarterback. Mertz. Mertz, but yep. I think they, they have to they have to kind of break him in a little bit. I think, Trent, you're on to something. I think Wisconsin, if people are just automatically picking Wisconsin with the Big Ten West, it's kind of a lazy pick. Yeah, Mertz, I'm with you, a true freshman. So what's their schedule this year? They, they, they'll they open up Big Ten play with Michigan. Have I got that right? Yes, yeah. they will. Um, yeah. We'll see. And when they get to the Hawks, they ho- Iowa goes there this year, right? Yes, they do. Yeah, pretty in sure. Camp Randall. Well, we shall see. Mark, listen, have a wonderful vacation. Appreciate what you do for us. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks when you get back, my friend. Thank you, Mark.
You bet. Take care, you guys. Good to talk to you. Mark Morehouse, Cedar Rapids Gazette. When we come back next hour, okay. speaking of these schedules, I got a scheduling note for you that is going to... Uh, a Big Ten or a Big Ten football? It is what we do. It is a Big Ten and Big 12 scheduling, well, for us, maybe snafu. We'll get into it here. All right. I'm, I'm, count me in. What else have I got to do? Uh, we've got Bill Bender coming up for the Sporting News. More college football conversation with Bill. His bowl picks are out. And he's, as he said, they're, they're not going to be wrong. No. Guaranteed to be right. Lock it up. That's what he said in his tweet. Guaranteed to be correct. We'll do that with Bill Bender. Alex Halstead on Iowa State. As we take you up until noon. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.